Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to the Sojo Show, everybody, with Jen and AJ. And obviously, this is AJ. Jen is here with me, but I also have a group of our Sojo ladies. Here live. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were gonna mention us. it. I wasn't sure if you were, we're gonna mention it. It's kind of kind of odd. It's kind of weird. No, no, it's not. Because in <laughs> case someone comes on, no. <laughs> See, this is what she does to me, guys. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So if you guys are listening to us um on the podcast, we have recorded this last week when we were on a call with our Sojo members, and we're going to talk about a chapter in our current study in Joshua, and um, and they're they're listening. <laughs> you see, you threw me, you've thrown me all off now. You've totally thrown me all off. Okay, go. I've been told to stay on script. Go. There is no script. That's the funny part about this. There is never a script. <laughs> there is no script, but we kind of mess each other up. Okay, so whatever. Okay, go. All right. Let's just jump into our question. How about we do that? Let's do that. Let's do it. Okay. So my question for you, Jen, is about spying. So have you ever inappropriately spied on anybody? And I hope you have a really juicy answer to this question. (laughs) Oh, my word. Okay. Um, I could probably think on that for a minute and maybe come up with something, but nothing pops to my head as far as me actually spying, but... I do have kind of an embarrassing story on this. So I love spy stuff. I mean, like I love spy shows. Does anybody that's listening love that? Spy shows, like the CIA, the all the things. I mean, it's just kind of a, it's it's one of the literary tropes that I kind of really get into. And back a, several years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago, there was a show called Alias. And you may remember it. It was Jennifer Gardner. And I don't even know what years, but a long time ago. And it was, she was a spy. She was basically a spy. She was like a double agent or some such. And it was like, it, it, I just loved it. I loved that show. And I, I was a grown person. Let me go ahead and say, I was like way grown, like married, children, doctor, the whole thing. And I would like go in and out of like elevators and I was being all dressed up stuff. And I would kind of like in my head, create these narratives like of me being a spy. Hey, 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 I got to ask, did you wear wigs? No, I didn't wear wigs. Okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just envisioning this scene, you in and out of these these elevators. So I did, it wasn't like I was pretending to be a spy. I wasn't like cosplaying. What I was doing was like in my normal everyday life, like at the time. Okay. So this was early on in my practice and I like dressed up to go to work. Like I would wear heels and stuff like that. I don't know why. I did. I was a pediatrician. I still am. So, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but I was like looking good. Okay. And, and so I would like, like get on an elevator and it would close. Like I was going to my secret lair and this is all in my head, guys. I absolutely <laughs> had all these things in my head as far as stories and, and yeah, I was a super spot in my head. So how about that? Oh, so that totally counts. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to put it in your far far past hey no really and truly someone on the chat said it's 2001 to 2006 they looked it up so it literally was 20 years ago so yeah well that's anyway. a way to make life interesting I think you just should have added the wig 
Isn't that like, <laughs> be it, be the emo girl. She did have wigs, I think, all the time in that show. I think she always had wigs. So yeah. I never, I, I never went quite that far, but, um, but I did. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's what I should have done with my life instead of what I'm doing currently. Maybe I am doing that with my life. Maybe you are. You're Maybe you guys don't even know. know. Now we're now we're on to you. Well, the reason why I asked this question is obviously if you've been listening to our podcast for any length of time, we are on the book of Joshua this month. And in Joshua 2, any length of time, there, as in this is our second episode on it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go off script again, Jen. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Keep going. Joshua, go. In the, in the second chapter of Joshua, we see this incredible spy story and we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit today because spies are actually in the Bible and it is really kind of fun to imagine yourself in the situation. So Jen, do you want to, I know you wrote this part of the study. So what stood out to you or how do you want us to take a look at this chapter? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about Joshua chapter two and our challenge to you, just like our challenge last week was to read chapter one. Our challenge is to read through chapter two. Um, Our Sojo sisters who are listening to us right now, awkwardly are, um, (laughs) are doing this right now. That's what they are in, in the middle of is, is chapter two. And this chapter is such a cool chapter. Um, And, and really sort of like I would kind of put myself in (laughs) to this super spy kind of, you know, scenario. Um, we have to kind of dig down and put ourselves in this story as well, because this was a real story with real people who did real things. And it is such a cool story. So the story starts with, um, in chapter one, if you remember from last week, God called Joshua and he said, be strong and courageous. You're going to go take the land. Joshua told his people, be ready three days. We're going to go take the land. And they basically responded and said, we're ready. We're going to follow you. Don't forget, be strong and courageous. Okay, so that was Jen's synopsis of chapter one. So in chapter two, where we find is an interesting little bit where Joshua actually sends two spies into Jericho preceding their invasion. Okay, so there's a lot we could say about that, but a couple of interesting parts about that is if you got, if you're in the study, you've been you've kind of been drawn back to this. But remember, AJ, that Joshua is, he understands the whole spy business. Yeah. Because years before Moses sent him as one of the 12 spies. So, and he and Caleb were the only ones that came back with a positive report. Right. Right. Isn't that cool? And so when Joshua did it, he did not send these 12 spies for, for everybody in the whole world to know, or all of his people, he sent them in secret. He sent them kind of on the down low. Okay. And he said, he basically just said he sent two men secretly um, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. Now he did not send them. Interestingly, he did not send them to say, can we go into the land, which was done 40 years ago. He sent them to say, it's basically like a reconnaissance mission, right? He's like, let's get the lay of the land. Cause we're going in three days. God's told me we're going in three days. So let's go get the lay of the land. So that's where we are in Joshua chapter two. We've got these two spies that ended up in the city and either they were really, really terrible spies or, which I can't imagine because they were the two best, probably they were either terrible spies or God had a very specific purpose for their mission. 
that had nothing to do with spying, which again, let's, we can look at big picture on this. This is so cool guys, because what happened was within like two verses, so not very long, they were found out. The, the authorities came and said, Hey, we, we heard you had spies because they went to Rahab's house. So here they are, Rahab, a prostitute. So this is where they were. So there's a lot we could say about that too. Do you have anything you want to say about that? Well, I mean, just thinking, I mean, the obvious is that's very sus, you know, that uh, they headed straight to the prostitute's house. And it is, like you said, it's very interesting that the king knew exactly where they were. So from the very time they entered those city gates, eyeballs were on them and they did not blend in. You know, they were found out immediately. Um, So, I mean, I think what you said about God having a bigger plan is right here on full display. So Joshua thought he was secretly sending these spies. Well, they weren't, they weren't secret, you know, at least to the enemy, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, But God had a plan and he directed their steps to the exact place they needed to be in the exact place Rahab needed them to be. And it was all by God's design. Right. So Rahab's house was in the city walls. So there are a lot of scholars who feel like that's that they went there for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was right in the city wall. It was very easy to get to it. And the other thing is that they potentially um, it was just a great place for reconnaissance because it was a place where there were men going in and out, quite honestly. Right. And so they could overhear conversations. And so there were some logistical reasons why they chose it. But their reasons for making that decision had nothing to do with God's reason that they made that decision and God's plan in the end because they made that decision. So I think that this picture, this has this really isn't the main purpose of it. Well, it's the main purpose of the entire Bible. So, yes, it is the main purpose of this. But it's important for us to see God's sovereignty in this. Right. Mm -hmm. God's utter control over what's happening in this particular story. So we're here we are at Rahab, the prostitute's house. The spies are here and the king's at the door saying, or the king's men are at the door saying, hey, we know you got spies in here, Rahab. Turn them over. And then what does Rahab do? She like says no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she basically lies. She hid them. Yeah, she hid them and then lied and said they left already. They're gone. Yeah. So I mean, she's putting herself at tremendous risk by like going into this elaborate plan. Yeah. Yeah, she recognized who these men were. She knew who their god was. And she hid them because she knew that the leaders of Jericho were going to come after them. And so it's it's kind of a really interesting It's just an interesting thing because she had to make this decision and she had to choose between her authority and, and, and y'all let's keep in mind that the fact that she wasn't just in this, I mean, think of what she was doing. She was in this kind of debauched city, but she wasn't just an onlooker. She wasn't just a super good girl, just kind of like scared of the, she was in, actively a participant of the debauchery in the city, mm-hmm. right? By the nature of her occupation. And they, and, and so she, so this is her perspective. And yet she recognizes who they are. She goes against her authority in order to protect them because she sees ultimately who their authority is. 
-hmm. And that is something that was only by the grace of God that she was able to see that. And that in and of itself is a whole nother picture. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother rabbit trail we could go down. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many beautiful things about the story, but if you do like Jen did and, and role play, okay. Do a little bit of, um, put your wig on and do a little bit of role playing in this scenario. The trust between these two spies and Rahab is tremendous mm-hmm. because basically she is trusting them with her entire future and they are trusting her with their present, their lives, their immediate ability to stay alive. Right. And I mean, like what they're strangers. We have these two men and this one woman and they're enemies. They're on different camp. They're in different camps. And yet they have to come together and trust each other for their very survival. That is the making of a great story right there. And it's yeah. true. It's yeah. it's all true. That's the cool thing about it. It's unbelievable, really. So she went after the men left. She went up to the king's men left. She went up to the spies and she's like, hey, dudes. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, they were after you. I gave you a little bit of time. So um, I'm going to help you escape. But in return, this is what I'm asking for. And the cool thing about this is she admits right here. If you look in verse uh, verses, chapter two of Joshua, verse eight and nine, verse nine in particular, it says, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. In other words, my the people in my land, in Jericho, my leaders are scared of you. They are melting away from, you know, from you. Basically, it says, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, how you, you know, you came out of Egypt. We heard how that happened miraculously. And when we found that out, the people, my leaders are scared to death. So what she's seeing is she sees that and she is choosing to recognize that their God is going to be victorious. She sees that. And she's like, I know you're going to take over the land. And think about what a big step that is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and we, we have the benefit of history of understanding all of this. We have the Bible. We have the benefit of the cross. We have the benefit of all of history. And yet sometimes, how often do we even forget how good and how faithful and how victorious God is. And sometimes we rely on our own selves and we rely on things that are not God. Even with the perspective we have, thinking back on Rahab and what her perspective was and her faith that she knew that this God, the God of these spies was going to be victorious is is astounding. It's astounding. It transcends the story and it convicts me personally. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes I wonder like how desperate she was, because if you're in a situation where you don't really enjoy what you're doing, <clears throat> which may have been the case for her, you have that sense of desperation. And when you see an opportunity, you're going to take it. Even if the risk is high, you know, it's worth the risk to say there, there could be something better on the other side of this choice. And I just wonder if she was in such a situation of desperation that she's like, I know that this God, I mean, it's, it's kind of like Esther going to the King, you know, 
If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. It's worth the risk. The outcome, the potential outcome of this choice is, is it's okay for me to take this risk for. And I think she might've been in that situation. She knew she had heard that God had parted those waters of the Red Sea. She knew these Israelites were on the move, yet she had no guarantees that she was going to be accepted or that she was going to be safe. She had no guarantees of that, but her situation drove her to take the risk. And I think the same is true for us too. We have to say, you know, that pearl of great price is worth selling everything for in my life, you know, and there is that risk involved. It's okay to take it. Right. But, and she still had to make the choice though. She had to choose because even if she knew the invasion was coming, she had to pick a side. She mm-hmm. had to choose a side because she, you know, she could have been rewarded by her king if she had given them up. You know, who knows? She had to choose her side and she chose the side of God and yeah. she trusted him. And and as we see later in the story, so just briefly to finish the story, she says, Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to help you escape. Um, what I ask for in return is that you remember me and my family when you come back. And inhabit the land, basically, because the, she knew that the Israelites were going to come and destroy everyone. And she's like, protect us. And they did. They said, we 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 give you this oath. You know, all we ask, put this red cord outside the window. Remember that? She had to put a red cord outside the window to mark her home. They said, put that red cord out there. Bring all of your family in. Do not let them leave this house. If they leave the house, their blood is on your hands. Okay? It's not on our hands. Leave them in this house and do not tell anyone else about this encounter. And what happened was when, of course, later beyond chapter two, um, when they came to invade, they saw the cord and they she was she was saved, uh, and her entire family was rescued. Her entire family was rescued from the invasion. So her gamble did it. It paid off because she chose she chose correctly. But the really the the cool thing about this story, even the beyond where we are in the story itself, is what ended up happening with Rahab. And because of her faithfulness, because of her part, the part that she played in this, because whether regardless of the reasons for her trusting God, which some of us come to God and we trust God out of desperation, right? A lot of us do. Regardless of the reason, because of her trust and her faith in God, she was not only rescued and saved, but ultimately, if you look forward in history, she ended up in the line of Christ, which is is just amazing. It's just Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So there, there, are, there are a lot of takeaways. Basically, we just sort of just kind of snippeted a few, right? A few things. So when you go and over the course of the next week, read Joshua 2. If you're listening to us and you're not in Sojo Academy, come and join us. Let's study this together. Uh, because when we get off of this podcast, spoiler alert, we're about to hear these women's voices and hear what they're learning as well. But so come and join us. But regardless read this chapter, read this chapter and see what God has to show you because there's lessons upon lessons upon lessons in this one chapter. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much we could say about this, but just circling back around to what we're saying at the beginning, God had those, those spies go to Rahab's house, you know, and I think it was just 
it wasn't just to save them and to give the intel that those spies needed, but it was to show all of us, okay, because we're reading the story now, how God snatched her out of the fires, so to speak, and placed her in his lineage. You know, she played a significant role and, and she was of the enemy camp, quote unquote, you know, and it is to demonstrate his grace. And, and we can trust in that grace. Anytime we get to a point where we're like, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough, or I don't know if I can handle this, or, you know, all of the questions that come, all of the self-doubt that comes upon us, these stories are here to remind us it's not about us. And Rahab's story does that so significantly. Mm -hmm. So as you know, as you read this chapter, just put yourself in the story and receive the grace of God, because if it was available thousands of years ago to Rahab, that story was preserved for us to know that that same grace is available for us today. And that is amazing. It's amazing. Yes. A hundred percent. And just to piggyback on exactly what you're saying, Rahab's salvation was because of that scarlet cord, which definitely takes us back to Exodus with the Passover and the blood, which saved them. And then, but we, what we have right now, we have so much more because we have the blood of Christ. Yeah. We have the blood of Christ. And so that grace that grace that AJ was just talking about, that sovereignty of God that is just displayed so beautifully in this Old Testament story, that because of the cross of Calvary, because of the blood that was shed, that grace is sufficient for us. Mm-hmm. It's sufficient for us. So throughout all of history, whether it was the Israelites or the Passover, whether it was Rahab and the Scarlet Cord, whether it's us today and the blood of Christ on Calvary. Because of that, God's wrath will pass over us and we are now covered in the righteousness of Christ and we have been saved from his wrath. We have been, this is just another picture. This is another Old Testament picture of what we are living in right now. Salvation from the wrath of God. Amen. So, so, so good. That's good. Love it. Okay, so that is, I think we're going to stop there as far as for the podcast purposes. And we hope that you read chapter two. And then to, next week, we're going to come back. And I'm not sure exactly what we're going to talk about. AJ's going to gonna lead our discussion next week. No, I'm, I'm totally going to put Jen on the spot. This is something she's been wanting to talk about for a long time, for several months. So I'm oh, totally no. on the spot. We're, we're going there. Are we going there already? We're going there next week. You can write it down. We've done committed ourselves now. (laughs) All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, Okay. So let us know if you're listening. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Let us know that you're reading Joshua along with us. Um, We really want to hear from you. We always want to hear from you. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Sojo Academy, an ongoing membership for Christian women that provides a practical, streamlined spiritual growth plan for every woman. Are there areas in your life where you feel like you need to simplify a bit? My guess is yes. Several years ago, AJ and I identified seven areas that we felt like um, were important to simplify in order to focus on most important things in life and primarily our relationship with God. 
What we are doing is pulling that out of the vault, and we are doing Simplify Your Life Summer 2024 Edition. We invite you to join us. We are excited about it and look forward to seeing you there. Go check out sojohub.com slash simplify for more information.